Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. El Farolito is an iconic mission taqueria that has fed San Franciscans for decades with its massive burritos. It's been my go-to destination after late nights of bar hopping in the mission. The shrimp super burrito is my favorite, and it's a beloved spot for many others. So when it was announced back in August that El Farolito was opening a location in North Beach, San Francisco residents were pumped. But then it all came to a screeching halt last Thursday. The city's planning department announced that the taqueria wouldn't be able to open up its North Beach location because of the city's formula retail laws. In San Francisco, any business, retail, or restaurant that has more than 11 locations worldwide is considered a chain, even if it's a locally grown small business and not some multinational corporation with hundreds of outlets. Chronicle reporter Shwanika Narayan joins me to explain the quirk of San Francisco's business zoning restrictions and why North Beach may not get some of the tastiest burritos in the city. And because we're talking about Mission Burritos, a huge part of San Francisco culture, we wanted Peter Hartlob and Heather Knight, hosts of Total SF, the Chronicle's podcast about San Francisco culture, to weigh in on the issue. Should burritos be an exception to the chain store laws? But let's start with you, Shwanika. Help us understand what's happening with El Farolito. 11 is the magic number here when it comes to determining whether a business is a big chain or not in San Francisco. What's the story behind the laws and regulations behind this? I imagine they were created to protect local small businesses in San Francisco. The number 11, to be quite honest, is a little arbitrary. Um, There isn't any sort of reasoning behind that specific number. It's just something um, the legislators came up with when this law was passed back in, um, I think in the early 2000s, but it was enacted in 2004. The reason it came into being was this idea that, you know, these, these law that would keep out chains, big chains. So think Walgreens or Macy's or Safeway, right, out of certain Mm -hmm. neighborhoods uh, would essentially protect not just the neighborhood feel in terms of the characteristic of it, preserve sort of like the very retail friendly small business vibe, uh, but it would actually protect small businesses themselves. It would give small businesses more um, chances to survive, right? So like not everyone can compete with chain stores that are a little bit more deep pocketed um, in in. But the number 11 is quite arbitrary, right? So now we're seeing this play out with small homegrown businesses that are growing, but because they have 11 locations, they too are technically considered chains. (laughs) Now, are the rules uniform across the city around this issue or does it vary by neighborhood? Is North Beach, which is where El Farolito is trying to open its location, is North Beach particularly tough when it comes to big chains? Yeah, so it varies by neighborhoods. Uh, What San Francisco essentially does have is that if any chain store wants to open up a location in the city, you have to go through this conditional use authorization permit process. Now, 
that is for any and every chain store uh, that wants to open. Um, but certain neighborhoods like Hayes Valley and Chinatown and North Beach, they have an outright ban on chain stores, meaning that no chain mm. store can ever open there unless this this law is repealed some way, right? Um, so in these specific neighborhoods, uh, you won't see any chain stores because they are prohibited. Has this happened to other similar sized businesses like El Ferrolito? Have other business owners pushed back on the city in the past? I, I think of Hayes Valley, which you just mentioned, but it has something like Warby Parker there. Right. So so a lot of small businesses uh, especially have pushed back. Their most common refrain is that, you know, we're not a big corporation. We're not a big chain. We're a small business that's expanding and it's unfair to penalize us. Um, but, you know, even in neighborhoods like Hayes Valley, like you mentioned, uh, that that have these bans, you see some big, big chains come in anyway. So one way bigger stores like Warby Parker and Gap with its brands like Athleta and uh, Hill City, I think, um, have opened mm-hmm. up stores here because, uh, you know, they're very sort of digital friendly, digital native uh, businesses first, very focused on e-commerce. And the minute they want to open up uh, um, a physical storefront, they will try and get into neighborhoods that ban chain stores because they are not yet at the 11 count threshold. So when Warby Parker mm-hmm. opened up a store in Hayes Valley, they did not have the hundreds of stores they have now. They actually opened up in the very beginning. And so this is a workaround some companies are doing. I don't know if it's intentional. I, I you know, but it is like the point is that these laws that are in place to protect big, small businesses are being utilized by much bigger operations. More with Shwanika Narayan after a quick break. And since burritos are so central to San Francisco, we'll hear what the hosts of the Total SF podcast have to say about all of this. Have other similar sized business been able to push back on the city around these rules? Have they been successful in being able to establish their businesses despite this 11 location benchmark? Well, it depends on which neighborhoods, right? So for Hayes Valley, Chinatown and um, North Beach, it's pretty difficult. Uh, They have an outright ban. They are prohibited. So it's really, really hard to open a chain store there. Um, but in other locations uh, in the city, uh, as long as they go through the proper permitting process, chances are, um, at least the bigger stores, they are able to open. Um, but it's a costly mm-hmm. process. It's a lengthy process. Sometimes it mm-hmm. takes anywhere between nine to 18 months for just the permitting process to go through uh, while some businesses are still on the hook for rent. So it's just a very tedious and long process. There's some San Francisco leaders like Supervisor Aaron Peskin, who represents North Beach. He says these formula retail laws have helped protect small businesses in the past, although he hopes to find a solution for El Farolito. Uh, And I understand there's not an agreement across the city's board of supervisors. What are the other supervisors saying and what are their main arguments? Let me talk a little bit first about how the city defines a chain, right? So it's a very physical interpretation of what a chain store is. It's all about the physical appearance. So it needs to have a certain look. There needs to be certain signage, certain branding, uh, certain sort of uniforms uh, workers are wearing for a business to be considered a chain. Um, And so with El Ferolito, 
they were being told that if you could have slight variances in how your other operations are compared to what you want to open up in North Beach, maybe we could work with it. Uh, so one thing they did was change the name, right? They have some operations called El Favorito, um, and they did some slight branding and changing, but the city ultimately came back and said, um, you know, it's not different enough. And if this location mm -hmm. in North Beach does open, this will be considered your 12th location. So that's why they, they did not get the go ahead. Um, and of mm -hmm. course, this happened in uh, Supervisor Aaron Peskin's uh, um, jurisdiction. And, you know, he's uh, he's very, very open about being um, a champion of small businesses and, and the reason uh, that formula retail laws were supported since their inception was to sort of help San Francisco's small business community be resilient and to thrive. And uh, some other supervisors are, you know, um, they're split in their sort of like understanding. Like Supervisor Matt Haney, for example, he's saying that more flexibility is needed, especially as the city recovers from the pandemic. And the pandemic has mm -hmm. exacerbated the retail woes uh, that existed before, such as like you know, the blight of empty storefronts across the city. Um, mm -hmm. It's made that situation worse. We have a lot more empty storefronts now. Uh, we don't know the actual count yet, but I think that is something that the city is tabulating and we will know soon. You mentioned these empty storefronts, which have become really common in the city, you know, as businesses struggle during the pandemic. What are people proposing to amend these rules, which could help the vacant retail crisis in the city? So a lot of people are actually, they're not saying let's repeal this laws, right? They're saying let's look at the nuances here. Let's look at the intention of this law, which was to first keep sort of big chains out of certain neighborhoods so smaller businesses can survive. And, and let's make a difference between sort of these big national corporations and the local homegrown businesses that are simply just growing and expanding. Um, and maybe may not have as deep pockets as the national brands, right? So, so people are saying maybe amend um, the the ordinance or the uh, law in this way uh, to to make it a little bit more friendly to the local businesses like El Farolito. Mm -hmm. There was a petition that was circulated to call on the city to reform these zoning restrictions. It collected sixteen hundred signatures. What's next for El Farolito now? Uh, what what weighs in the balance and what can they do next? So something that El Farolito could do is open up in another neighborhood. Um, if at this point, if they are still going to be considered a 12 store operation, they will need to go through the proper permitting route. So they'll have to apply for a conditional use authorization permit um, if they want to open anywhere else. But if they are still adamant in wanting to open up in North Beach, um, there's really not much they can do if they don't make drastic changes to not just their name and branding, but maybe even their business model. Um, so it would essentially need to present itself like a different business. Shwanika, this is such a quirk of city politics and business and zoning restrictions in San Francisco. Thank you so much for reporting on it and talking to me about it. Thank you for having me. Shwanika Narayan is a business reporter at The Chronicle. You can find her coverage of the El Farolito saga online now at sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. The current dispute centers on El Farolito, an iconic local burrito chain. Burritos are a huge part of San Francisco culture, so we wanted the hosts of The Chronicle's Total SF podcast to weigh in. Should burritos be an exception to the chain store laws? 
Here's Peter Hartlob and Heather Knight. Hello, Heather. I feel like there are two questions here. Are chain ordinances bad? And should El Farolito be considered a chain? Let's dispense with the first question quickly. I think in general, they're good. Nothing makes me feel worse than pulling into a suburb and just seeing strip mall after strip mall with endless Applebee's, TGI Fridays, and Red Lobsters. We need unique things like you and I love about San Francisco. We need Balboa Theater, Green Apple Bookstore, Beeps Burgers, the Riptide. Those are the kinds of businesses that make our neighborhood special. I agree. I live in Alameda, you live near Glen Park, and we're both surrounded with reasons why zoning to benefit small business works. But then there's El Farolito. I was honestly surprised to learn there were 11 of them, but it didn't change my feelings that North Beach should 100% be allowed to have an El Farolito. Yes, I agree. I think that you should take into account the quality of one's guacamole when you're making these decisions. (laughs) Definitely. I don't think El Farolito should count as a chain when they're using that same lighthouse logo that they created on Steve Jobs' first Macintosh with Mac Paint in 1987. Um, this this isn't some quickly expanding behemoth. They're founded in 1982. That's like one new restaurant every 3.8 years. Um, this isn't Chipotle. They're growing really slowly, and we should actually be encouraging their success, not hampering it. And we just heard that Green Apple Bookstore is expanding into SFO, the Harvey Milk Terminal. So if they keep expanding, I would be all for that. But I'm assuming at some point Starbucks had just one location. Pete's was a local coffee house, and it is no longer that. So how do we enforce this to avoid loopholes in case today's Noe Cafe becomes tomorrow's Black Bear Diner? And by the way, that would be awesome. My dad in Davis is a big fan of Black Bear Diner, so we go there frequently. And I can enjoy their huge home-baked biscuits. Yeah, I am totally down with the BBD. I own a Black Bear Diner t-shirt, which I am not wearing right now. No conflict of interest. But um, nothing against Black Bear Diner, but I don't think we want one in North Beach. Yeah, why would you go there for coffee when you can go to Cafe Trieste? (laughs) Definitely. I think the real problem is that this is enshrined in the city charter, and so changing it even a tiny amount saying, let's go from 11 to 13, say, would have to go back before voters, and every other change after that would would as well. So what really needs to happen, according to our buddy Sharky Laguana, who um, has an op-ed about this, he's the president of the Small Business Association and a former member of the band Creeper Lagoon. He thinks that voters should decide at the ballot to basically take this responsibility off their plates, you might say, and hand it back to the mayor and board of supervisors so that they can make adjustments because you may have a different feeling about what constitutes a chain when there's a pandemic than, say, an economic boom, and they should be able to make those tweaks as they go. I I agree. I, I say bump the number up to 15 or 20 for a small business if they're locally founded are still locally headquartered and all their employees are local and have a tough but not impossible appeals process. Let me run this by you, Heather. What do you think about like an appeals Illuminati that's the mayor, the city's poet laureate, Hunter Pence, Rita Moreno, and Steve Perry from Journey, and if they all agree, they can overrule the city's planning code? I bet they'll have amazing catered lunches from El Farolito. <laughs> and for the sake of open government, they need to have these taped and be announced to the public by Rennell Brooks Moon. Thank you, Heather Knight. We have once again definitively solved one of the city's problems. That was Peter Hartlob and Heather Knight, hosts of Total SF, a weekly San Francisco culture podcast. 
You can find Total SF and subscribe to it anywhere that you find Fifth and Mission. Also, if you need even more burrito content, did you know that The Chronicle published an in-depth and comprehensive guide on burritos? Yes, we did that. And you can check that out at sfchronicle.com slash burrito. Thanks to Karen Creighton and King Kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening.